perhaps two things are true. Charity creates a feeling of hope, flourishing and purpose, and that those who are flourishing and hopeful desire to share their resources with others. Whichever perspective one takes from the data, he says, the evidence seems clear. People live well when they give well. And I couldn't agree more. As Christians, we were taught to be good stewards over our tithing and giving to the less fortunate. But when it came to our own personal finances and investments, we are clueless on what the Bible says. What does the Bible say about managing debt, leaving a legacy, investing, or even planning for retirement? We answer these and many other questions because we want to teach you how to be rich and righteous. If this is your first time to the show, we want to say welcome. If you're coming back for another spiritual refill, Welcome back. I am A.B. Ridgeway, and this is Financial Advisors Say the Darndest Things. Welcome back. I am A.B. Ridgeway, a.k.a. Mr. Christian Finance, the host of Financial Advisors Say the Darndest Things, and my mom's favorite Christian Financial Advisor. As always, make sure that you subscribe so you're notified every time that we release new episodes. And be sure to like and comment on this episode. It really helps the podcast so we can continue to make great episodes for you. Now, recently, we talked about the research conducted by Barna as part of their State of Generosity series, revisiting the tithe and offering, the reality of church giving today. And in this research, it talked about the opportunities and the limitations of church giving today. We were shocked to learn of statistics that 98% of the churches surveyed are funded by tithing and that was the primary way to give back over alternatives such as missions, servant and ministry, service projects, community events, etc. But now, in a recent article in Philanthropy Daily by Jack Fowler, he's asking questions about the gospel of generosity and says that studies find that scripture engaged Americans are among the most generous. And I don't need a study to know that, right? It's obvious when you just look around. Those who have placed God before their finances are more giving. They're more caring. They're more loving and compassionate when it comes to their fellow man. Those were the principles that were given to us. And if we are practicing Christians, then we are going to reflect that in our daily lives. You understand? So the key word here is engaged. You know, I love my definitions. (laughs) I really do. You know, before I give you a definition of engaged, let me explain why I love definitions just real briefly. I don't think I ever said this before, because in order to have a fruitful conversation, we must both agree on the basis on which we are building this conversation. And what is a better way than building it on an objective definition that we both can agree on? You know, this is not my opinion and it is not your opinion. It is just what it is. And that's why you love listening to this podcast, because we like to build on objective truths so you can find better solutions to life's financial problems. So let's get back to this definition. So what does the word engage mean? If we go to the dictionary, it says engage means have informally agreed to marry. So let's use that. (laughs) Just kidding. That's not what we're going to use. It is a definition of engage, but not the one that we need. 
The one that we're looking for comes from Merriam-Webster's dictionary. It states that engaged means involved in activity. And the third definition says greatly interested. So we'll actually need both of these definitions to explain today's topic. When a Christian investor is engaged in scripture, he is involved in the activity of the scripture. And the key word here is act. There is an activity. Being engaged in the scripture is not a passive task. And the third definition says that you are greatly interested. So not only do you need to be involved, you must have an interest in its application. And those are the believers that consistently read and apply the Bible's message that are the most giving. According to the article, those who were considered engaged gave $145 billion to charity causes in 2021. This estimated total is more than three times the amount given by those who are not reading the Bible, meaning that 44% of every dollar given to charity in America comes from individuals who are actively and consistently engaging with the Bible. It goes on to say that Plague, the society's vice president of ministry insights and innovation says that the findings confirm a trend showing a strong correlation between charitable giving and human flourishing and that active engagement with the Bible leads to a greater hope and resilience. You know, I see it all the time. I've, I've said it once and I'll say it again for our first time listeners. You will never have a sense of financial freedom until you free yourself from finances. Meaning that until you organize your finances in such a way that you're able to give, you'll never have financial freedom. You know, the sign of a wealthy man is not how much he can hoard and be rich. It is how much he can give away and still be rich. There's something that happens to us when we give. It's like a signal to the body that says, I will be okay. See, I have four children. And when we sit down to eat, it's almost inevitable when they were young that they wanted something that I was eating. And to be able to break a piece off or give them the whole plate, let me know that I was going to be okay. I was not going to starve if I didn't eat the rest. I was going to survive even though I didn't finish my drink. I was able to give and it made me feel good knowing that my children didn't have to starve or to be thirsty. And you start to realize what the power of money can do in the lives of others and in yourself. You know, research has shown that we receive the same amount of joy giving as we do receiving. Isn't that amazing? Isn't God great? As stated in the abstract, in pro-social spending and happiness, using money to benefit others pays off by Elizabeth Dunn, Laura Acknon, and Michael Norton it says, although a great deal of research has shown that people with more money are somewhat happier than are people with less money, our research demonstrates that how people spend their money also matters for their happiness. In particular, both correlation and experimental studies have shown that people who spend more money on others report more happiness. The benefits of such pro-social spending emerge among adults around the world and the warm glow of giving can be detected even in toddlers. These benefits are most likely to emerge 
when giving satisfies one or more core human need, relatedness, competence, and autonomy. The rewards of pro-social spending are observable in both the brain and the body and can potentially be harnessed by organizations and governments. So it is evident that giving can help us bring into our lives the happiness that we are in search of. And it doesn't have to be a $4 million endowment. It could be something as simple as a hot meal or a considerate phone call to a sick and shut-in. People forget that time can be a form of giving as well. You know, how do we give back doesn't always have to be monetarily. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, each one must give us as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. We talked about that in our last episode. We talked about peer pressure, people giving out of obligation or duty or greed or fear, right? And here again in 2 Corinthians, they're saying we don't want you to give reluctantly or under compulsion. We must be willing to give with an open heart and with good intentions. On top of that, the government is going to show that appreciation to you as well in the form of tax deductions. And that is a win-win for everyone. But what we need to do is be intentional with our giving. We must have a goal to stick to because many people's fear is that if they give too much, then they will be the ones in need later in life. And that is why you need a financial plan so you can see the numbers and how they play out. That is the work part. And then you need to have faith in God that he is going to do the other part and secure your future. And I'm going to end with a quote from Plake when he says that perhaps two things are true. Charity creates a feeling of hope, flourishing and purpose, and that those who are flourishing and hopeful desire to share their resources with others. Whichever perspective one takes from the data, he says, the evidence seems clear. People live well when they give well. And I couldn't agree more. I hope that you've been blessed. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to like, to comment, and to share. Also, if you're not subscribed to our podcast, go to www.abrwealthmanagement.com backslash podcast and join our family. And as a thank you, we will have a free gift for you. So if you need help building your financial plan or want a Christian financial advisor to help you become a better steward of God's wealth, information to speak with us will be given right after the show. So that's it from us. I am A.B. Ridgeway, Mr. Christian Finance himself, and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. I hope that you've been blessed. As always, this episode was created by A.B. Ridgeway, owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, a virtual and in-person fee-only advisor that believes that financial advice should have God in it. If you need help figuring out your finances, feel free to reach out to us at 337-414-3686 or visit our website at www.abrwealthmanagement.com and schedule a free consultation. New episodes are available every Friday, so be sure to subscribe. You can also listen to our podcast on your favorite platforms, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more. Or simply visit our website and join our family. I am A.B. Ridgeway, and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. Elijah Ridgeway is an investment advisor representative and owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, LLC a registered investment advisor which produces a podcast show and makes it available on his website and through other distribution channels. 
Elijah and Ridgeway and any guests on the podcast are providing their own views and opinion are not necessarily the views and opinions of AB Ridgeway Wealth Management. Nothing on the podcast should be construed as solicitation or offer or recommendation to buy or sell any Pacific security. Investment advisory services are only provided to investors who become AB Ridgeway Wealth Management client pursuant to a written investment management agreement. Clients of AB Ridgeway Wealth Management may hold positions and securities discussed in the podcast. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk and may lose money. Financial advisors say the Darnest Team podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied on for any investment decisions. Instead, please consult a financial advisor, accountant, attorney, and or conduct your own due diligence.